afternoon with Dennis Fithian on Detroit Sports, ready to get things underway with Podcast 46. Live from the ballpark, it's uh, Dan Leach who joins me here. We're going to talk some baseball and golf. Dan, how are you? Fantastic. I'm a little, little upset because my nephew, Orin the Owens, who you know and love very well, first at that, really patient, got up there, nine-year-old kid, sweet swing, great stance, very questionable fourth or third strike. But you know what? I respect the youth umpires. It's okay. You live to fight 180. Drew, walk the next time. Yeah, I was watching your, your live stream there, so I wasn't listening to the audio. I was just watching it, and I thought, oh, there's there's ball four. And then I didn't know what happened. And then the next pitch came, and I'm like, well, that's a ball. And then and I'm reading the thread that said he struck out. So, yeah, I, I, I yeah. didn't like that part. I didn't like yeah, that. Yeah, everyone, everyone's like, yeah, you listen, he got robbed. And questionable strike at best. And I'm like, all right, but you know, he's, he's loving it. This is the thing, Dennis. We're, as you and I have talked about many times over the past few months, we're in a very weird period of time and just a lot of our lives and sports obviously bring us all together in so many different ways, whether it's obviously pro sports, college sports or youth sports. And to see a nine-year-old kid out here with, you know, there's a girls and, and guys, you know, co-ed teams. So you got boys and girls playing together. You know, I'm looking at it right now. This is what it's all about. I mean, and my, my nephew Warren loves the game and that's kind of where we're at right now. We need that kind of positivity. Pros will be back. College will be back. But the kids, that's what matters the most right now. So it's cool to see that, my friend. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And, you know, I'm going to talk a little uh, golf and a little baseball. And you know what? Uh, I watched a lot of golf the Memorial this weekend yep. a second time. You know, I watched the Rocket Mortgage a couple weeks ago without crowds and, you know, not hearing the roar and – you know, today it was you know, it's watching it again. You you just see like the like uh, the odd golf cart, like just driving around the back. It kind of makes you feel like, you know, you're just at any municipal courts. Uh, you know, watching a around a, a with with that in the background. Uh, I think in three weeks when they get to the when they get to the PGA, they'll they'll tighten that up a little bit where people aren't just going to be driving around on golf courts. I don't golf carts. I don't think. Yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's you know, and listen, we're obviously as we mentioned. And you can't say it enough these days. We're very on time, so a lot of things are going to have to change. There's bubbles in the NBA, people breaking them. You know, golf carts on PGA, uh, you know, courses where that never normally happens. And, you know, I've seen, I, I've, as you have too, I mean, I've covered events on the PGA Tour, US Opens, other events. And, and you'll see guys being, you know, shipped around on golf carts when they're not playing. But now when they're playing, it's just a weird scenario. And at least the good thing is with golf, as you mentioned, I mean, we had back to back weeks at Muirfield, which is a very, very rarity. Occurrence, I believe it's only happened one other time ever when you had back to back tournaments. One of them was because of a postponement or some issue from years ago. Uh, but you know, to get these guys out there, and I know there's no fans, and as you mentioned, the Rocket, we loved going out there last year. And the, the fans of the great golf fans of the state, one of the greatest you know states for golf in the country, they loved going out there. It was it was tough for them not to be able to go this year, but to have a major PGA event in Detroit was still awesome. And at least the PGA is going and they're being as safe as they can. I know that they decided, it came out last week, of course, that there's not going to be fans the rest of the year. They had planned on starting to bring fans, I believe, back this week, if I'm not mistaken, Dennis. And that, that's tough. But at least they're out there. It's something to watch. It's something to bring people together. And, and there's nothing, nothing bad about golf on a Saturday and Sunday afternoon with the doors open and the breeze going there. You make a short little nap. You wake up. You see the final 10, 8, you know, 11 holes. And you're feeling good about yourself. Yeah, and it looks like John Rahm is, is going to win this thing. He's uh, a couple shots clear. We're taping this on a, a Sunday night. And, 
You know, we uh, we had it this weekend. You know, Rom, the uh, the Spaniard. If he does win it, he'll uh, end up being the the world's number one golfer. Just the second Spaniard. You know, Seve was the first. So we like things like that, and. I think that just over the last couple of weeks, just watching the golfers, we get ready in, in three weeks for the PGA. Uh, Rom, Bryson DeChambeau, Tony Finau, who was in it until uh, until yesterday. These are three of the guys that we talk about, like the 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 next best guys to that haven't won a major. One of these guys, yep. you know, you can see him doing it. You could not have said that any better. And I've been a big man Spaniard John Rom guy for a long time. He people forget he's twenty five years old. And this guy, you know, kind of burst on the scene at 2021 when he became a pro. And I've picked him to win several majors, and I've been wrong. And, you, you know, you mentioned a guy like Tony Finau, who obviously had that great appearance in the Masters a few years back. And you've got guys, I, I think the Kutcher's kind of fallen off this. But for a long time, it was Sergio Garcia, who was the best to not have won a major. And then he won that Masters a few years back, which was incredible. But I think right now it's John Rahm. I think John Rahm is the best player in the world to not have won a major. And, and I think he's going to have a great chance to win the PGA. He'll have a great chance for the, the fall Masters, possibly, and, and then the U.S. Open and everything else. So I, I love him. The problem with John Ron is he is so good, but he is so temperamental. And he's his own worst enemy a lot of times. And listen, you love a guy. It's, it's like me, Dennis. I get super animated. I'm fired up. And it's to my detriment at times. And when you're an athlete at the highest of levels, like a guy, a guy like John Ron, who's got more talent you know, than any, I mean, he has as much talent as anybody does, uh, you've got to keep that mental part together. That's like Tiger Woods, who, yes, talent-wise, is maybe the best ever. I mean, he's up there with Jack and Arnie and some other guys, but at least in the modern era, the best ever as far as talent goes. But the mental edge, the red on Sunday, you know, the difference between number one in the world and number 150 in the world is so thin. It's what's between the ears that makes the difference between winning majors and not winning majors. And John Rahm has had the ability to win several majors in his four or five years as a pro, but hasn't done it yet. I think this year we're going to see John Ron win at least one, if not two. Yeah, and something I didn't see in Detroit, I didn't see Rory McIlroy, I didn't see Tiger Woods. Those guys were out there. And, and it's one of those things, those guys, I mean, you know, they're the most popular guys, two of the most popular guys on the tour. You're always right. having huge crowds around them. And it, it's just it's just kind of like Tiger moseying around, watching him do a, a practice round, especially when he's out of it. He barely made the cut. And, you know, so then he was just out there. And we all know, like, he looked a little ginger a couple times, uh, look, picking up the ball gingerly or whatever out of the cup. He's got three weeks, you know, to get it all right, you know, for the PGA. That's what we're going to look to. I, I just I, – I, I think this – it's still a major, you know, the, the PGA, but it's always looked at uh, out of the four as the – the least prestigious, if there can be a, a least prestigious major. It is the PGA, but, you know, now, just like the Belmont was able to go first, now you get the PGA, and I think not just there's going to be an incredible interest in the PGA like it, it would be, you know, like for the Masters, but maybe, you know, two, threefold because we're, you know, just all starved for, for sports. We might be getting some, which we'll get to here coming up. Uh, even this week, but um, yeah, I mean that that uh, that PGA is going to be the PGA is going to be the, uh, have uh, more prestige than than normal coming up in three weeks. Yeah, no, you're right. Listen, I mean, all due respect, I mean, all majors uh, there's only four, and they're all extremely important. But we we all know that if you're going to rate them, I mean, at least in my opinion, the Masters is always going to be the most important, and then obviously the U.S. Open, and then there's a debate about just how important the Open Championship is overall here in America, but in the world, it's huge. 
because you know so many European golfers and guys from around the world that play on the European PGA Tour, which is just as big as the PGA Tour in many ways, at least for people in Europe and obviously for some of the best golfers. But you know, the PGA is always kind of bad. It's not like it's you know laugh with a bullet, but it's not it's not been that kind of sizzling Masters U.S. Open win. It still matters. But now, as you mentioned, to have it first and have all eyes on everything and have guys like John Rahm and Rory and Tiger and all these guys in the mix, Tony Finau, et cetera, it's going to be incredibly exciting. But back to to something you said about Tiger. You know, I was wrong about Tiger. And it wasn't like I was rooting against him. I love Tiger Woods. He has brought millions of people from all around the world into the game of golf, whether they're watching it or playing it. And obviously, he did an incredible thing for minorities because they were so kind of on the outside looking in for golf because it was kind of a stuffy game. It was expensive. Inner city kids that didn't have the kind of money could play it. So he's done so much for the game. But I thought there was no way he was winning another major. And what he did last year at the Masters was incredible. So he still has that chance to catch Jack Nicholas and win a few more. Uh, I don't think he will. But Tiger Woods, you know, this is a guy that will never say die. He's definitely one of the best ever. I feel like Jack's the best ever, Jack Nicholas. But, you know, for what Tiger Woods did for the game as far as impact, He's like what Jordan did for basketball. Jordan's the best player ever. But he also did the most for basketball, bringing into this kind of global marketing age, and where it's a worldwide, you know, incredible uh, experience for, for you know fans around the world. But it's it, Tiger's just an incredible, incredible athlete, and I would never bet against him to win another major again. But I was shocked that he, he got that one. So I, I I will admit that I was wrong. I thought he was not going to win another major. There were some that thought he might retire. So he's alive for the PGA as well as tennis and the Masters and the U.S. Open. Uh, and the Open Championship when, when they get those going again. So they, Tiger Woods is still, as you mentioned, such a draw and such a, you know, a special thing to watch, even when he barely makes the cut. Uh, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where he will be alive this year for the majors if he plays well and, and is healthy enough. He's always going to be alive right now. I just don't think he's going to be able to do it at the level that he did in the Masters last year unless he's fully healthy. Well, the only problem I have with you is the way you said the Open. You didn't say it the right way, you know, for – for the British Open. The Open Championship. Oh, there you go. That's a little bit better. <laughs> the Open, which will be played in the fall rather than, you know, in the summer. Uh, yeah. Yes, that's a little bit of that. Uh, I'm looking forward to, like everybody else, you know, the the uh, the PGA Championship coming up in, in three weeks. I like watching Jack, you know, Jack Nicklaus. It's, uh, he's the architect. It's his course. He... It's Dublin. He went to Ohio State. It's the Buckeye State. Like you said, you know, they've been there for two weeks, two tournaments in a row, which never happens. And, you know, I played tough. Uh, it was fun watching it. I took that all in. I haven't been taking a lot in. I've taken – I watched the Mortgage Classic, you know, uh, probably 10 hours of that. And then before that was the Belmont Stakes. I haven't been really been watching, you know, any sports, certainly live sports. Of course, there haven't really been a whole lot of things to watch. But we get to this week. Yeah, what's that now? Not a lot to choose from. No, no, you're right about that. So, but we do, you know, look ahead to Friday, and that is Tiger baseball. But first, you know, we'll we'll have uh, we'll have a Thursday. It'll be for real. Yankees, Nationals, Giants, Dodgers. That'll be exciting. I mean, the Tigers are headed down to Cincinnati. They'll have a couple exhibition. It's uh, against the Reds, and then Friday six ten. For the real deal, the, the big news uh, this weekend, Jordan Zimmerman put on the 45 IR. Can't count on him this year. So you know, th- that puts Casey Mize into focus here. And, you know, if you leave him out for a week 
if you don't put them on this opening day start, uh, opening day roster, and you you bring them up uh, in August, just one week, you save a year of service time with him. But you know, really, if he has, and by a few accounts, maybe all accounts, he has been one of the better, if not the best pitcher here in their their summer training. Uh, do you just get him out there and get him on the horse and say, let's go? Because you got Boyd, Spencer, Turbo, Avon, Noba. I guess they're going to count on Daniel Norris. He had COVID, so he's a maybe. Fulmer could could piggyback with Tyler Alexander. That's been the, uh, you know, because Fulmer coming off the injuries there. Get him a couple innings. He's good to go there. And, and then combo start him. I like that. But, you know, Mai's sliding in there. I mean, there's, there's five. However, if Norris isn't good to go, you know – you know, the one thing I don't know is that, like, here's the way I was looking at it. You go with your, your best in a 60-game season here, and if, if Mize is one of those best, you get him up. Now, in at some point during this the 60 games, uh, is there a, a chance that you could back him off and send him down where you could save that service time? I'm not sure about the technicalities there. I think so because it's about being on the major league team. So if you send him down there, like if they fall out of it, in two months, you know, and I don't know, falling out of it is in a 60-game season, you know, the Tigers might be able to stay five games, you know, back where it always looks like they would be in it. But so I think that they're just going to, to, to you know, put him on ice for a week at least. But, man, and you know what? Thinking about putting your best foot forward and there would be a chance to – you know, rest him anyways. It, it kind of feels like they should have him up there and 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 be going for it with the on the opening roster. Yeah, listen. There's a you presented a lot of different and interesting questions. At first, I don't want to give credit to Matthew Boyd in the opening day starting. Well deserved. He was by far the best Tigers pitcher last year. And it's tough about Zim because Zim had showed signs of promise of at least getting back to a reasonable level for all the money he's getting paid, and that ain't happening this year. But on the my thing, and I'll, and I'll give uh, our, our friend Anthony Fennick credit here, he obviously sees this team a lot more than I do. He's been there every day. And I, I talked with him uh, earlier in the week, and he said to me, listen, if you don't even worry about it. They shouldn't even worry about the service time. And you kind of laid it out there perfectly as far as if they keep him off for a week, it would cost them that year. But if this guy is good enough, and, and what Anthony had told me for what he's seen, I've obviously watched videos and, and, and the uh, inter-squad stuff myself as well. He's ready. He's mature. He's not, not mature as much, I mean, obviously, he's always been mature as a pitcher, like, you know, physically. But mentally, he is there. He's pitched in big games. He pitched in the SEC. You know, he pitched in the in the college, uh, you know, World Series. He knows what it takes to be at a high level. And he's an overall one, an overall number one guy. So he was picked there for a reason. So to me, and, and you mentioned, you know, I, I'm not positive myself, the technicalities, if, if they bring him back and, and there's a certain amount of time. But I think in this year, it's just going to be a lot easier to not have to waste people's service time because it's obviously a 60 game season. But if he's good enough and you're, you know, ready to bring him up, why not bring him up now? Why not not worry about service time and just get him up there if you have that spot in the rotation? If he is one of your five best arms, I know it's a weird year. I know it's only 60 games, but that's actually a good thing because think about, think about JV in, you know, 04. When he came up for the, or I'm sorry, 05, the two games, and then obviously he was a rookie in 06, it was the World Series. If JV had the taste, he was able to come up, pitch in the major leagues, but not too much. If Casey Mize came up, let's say, in two weeks or three weeks or whatever it was, he's not going to have that many starts. You're not going to tax a guy in his first year. So I think it's all positive regardless. And let's say he struggles, which, you know, I hope he doesn't. 
But if he does, it's not going to be like he's pitching over and over again. And you've got to have the thought process of maybe we should pull him off the mound and not let him start this year. I think he's going to come out like gangbusters, personally. Yeah. So to me, if he's one of your five best, you put him out there. Well, Verlander, when he was 22, had those two games in 2005. And at 23, he uh, was up there for the 2006 season. And we know what they, the Tigers were able to do. Now, I don't think the Tigers are are, are going to win 30 games. You know, 25 is is going to be my prediction, is my prediction. I don't know what You're, you're not what taking the change. 700 – you're not taking the 750 to one of the Tigers to win the World Series? No. No, I'm, t- I'm taking them to win 25 games, which is way over, <laughs> which was way over their projection. So, you know what? Yeah. I, I think that because it's a, a wacky 60-game uh, uh, schedule and they, they've just really looked at the the futures of what the teams would do in 162, and they've just uh, you know made that with their formula for a 60-game season. I like taking the, the under – on, on the top five favorites, and I like taking the over on yeah. the uh, on the bottom. You know the teams that they predicted to have, like the Oreos and the and the Tigers. You know the two right in the Marlins. I'm going to take the over on all of those, and I'm going to take the the under on the Dodgers and the Yankees and uh, the Astros. That's the way uh, I'm going to do it if I'm 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 betting. And I got I got a week to to look that, but I, that sounds like a a pretty good bet to me. You know the the thing for. As it comes down and as relates to the this Tiger team, you know if they come out there with with Boyd, Turnbull, Nova, and Norris isn't able to go, and you know they're featuring Tyler Alexander and Jose Cisnero. I mean that's those are the guys that were up in August and September last year, and right. it, and, and nobody was watching those games, and you know you and I had to watch some. We had to do some of the post game there, but man, those were really brutal games to watch. Having those two guys in a situation where they're going to be in your rotation to start the season, you know, this thing could get uh, a pretty, uh, even though we haven't watched baseball, we're waiting for it and everything else. I mean, opening day in the first week is going to be the first week. But, man, trying to get cranked up for, a, you know, Cisnero or an Alexander start is going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be difficult. Meanwhile, you know, if you had Mize in there, all eyes – are going to be on Mize, and if you have to wait two starts in a week, I mean, the Tigers, you know, they come out of the gate and go two and eight, and then they're like, well, we're bringing up Mize. Yay. You know, it's kind of like you got you to gotta feature him right from the start, it, it seems like to me. It seems like you got to have him out there, and he should be one of the five starters. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I, when I mentioned I, I talked to Anthony, that's what he said. Everybody talks to you know, the Tigers, talks to the Alabilas, and I'll tell you this: you gave the formula right there about how to how to bet on this baseball season. You definitely want to go against those top five favorites, the Dodgers, Red Sox, some other teams, because think about the pressure. You obviously have pressure regardless, but if, in a 162 game year, think about the Rockies back was it 08, whatever year it was, when they started off terribly and they had the greatest comeback to win a division in Major League Baseball history. You have tons of time over a buck 62. Over 60, you don't. So you look at those teams that are favorites of the Yankees, another one, that are favored to win it all, and if they start getting tighter, have injuries or someone gets COVID, God forbid, you know, a star player, then you're in big trouble. And if you look at a team like the Tigers or the Orioles or the Marlins or the Reds or a team like that, there's, they've got nothing to lose. And I'm with you on the mind. I think that's kind of where I was going anyway with that, that if he's one of your five best throw out there, you know, he's going to be a starter – uh, number one or number two, hopefully for 15 years for the Tigers, if things go well and he stays healthy. 
Why not get them out there? You've got nothing to lose if you're like the Tigers. And you mentioned they're over. But I was thinking that it's still 20 and a half or 21 right around there as far as the over under games. I would absolutely go over because even if the Tigers finish like 300 or 500, they're going to crush that total. So I think you look at teams that have nothing to lose and have a lot of young stars, you know, or young possible stars, White Sox are another example, and you look to go over on their totals, and the teams that are used to having, you know, a month or two to figure out stuff, have injuries. Remember the Yankees had a ton of injuries early last year, and they had plenty of time to catch up and, and be in the race and get into the playoffs. They're not going to have that this year because if you have a 20-game wall, you're screwed. It's over. Yeah. So that's why I love your formula there. Yeah, and not that the Yankees can't win it all, but it's just like uh, you know the Nationals last year after 50, 60 games, they were well below 500. You know, they ended right. up getting on a you know taken off there. It's just if 60. It just seems like you'll have some value on both sides there on going uh, under on the big dogs and then. You know the value on on some of these teams that ultimately in a 162 was are going to be on the bottom, but it could be a little different. I mean, it was just not last year. The Tigers were out of it by May, but the year before they lost 99 games. But I can remember it was uh, June 17th. I'm driving down to see my dad. The Tigers, ironically, are getting ready to take on the Cincinnati Reds in two yep. games. One of those games, I remember. You know, it, it ended up. Um, you know the the, the ball ends up, you know, bouncing off of, uh, uh, you know, the the outfielder's head and in, in for a home run. But the Tigers had Boyd and, and Fulmer, you know, on the mound. It was Castellanos. I forgot Castellanos' name for a second. That was the one that, yep. like, went off his glove in there. But, you know, if the Tigers won both of those games, they were going to be above 500. It was June yep. 17th. So, you know, they can yeah, – even a bad team. Went to hell. Yeah, that even a bad team. Went yeah, then it went it went really bad after that. But even a bad team that's going to, you know, lose damn near 100 games can be, you know, close to 500 after 60 games. So that's it. But just to, uh, you know, have them back, have you watched some of these live streams or no? Yeah, you know, I have it. It's, I mean, how about that catch by Riley Green? I mean, Matt Shepard has to get in, in, in shape somehow as far as calling games. I thought he had a great call in those inter-squad games. And I, I like what I've said. Miggy looks like he's in great shape. Yes, he he's does. obviously taken taking this later part of his career seriously like some thought he would it. And you mentioned some of these other guys. I mean, you've got guys like Matthew Boyd who deserve to be the opening day starter. I mean, that's a, a huge thing for a charter member of the American League and, and Major League Baseball. And I think the Tigers aren't going to be a good team, but they're going to be a lot better and, and more exciting people think they're going to be, especially in a 60-game year. And you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the year uh, a couple years ago with the, the Red thing. But how about, uh, I think it was four years ago now, when the Tigers, what did they start, 22 and, and 11 or whatever it was, 22-15? And they were looking like they were going to be a, just a surprise team. And obviously things fell apart. I could see this team with a lot of young players and no pressure and a good manager in Garden Hire starting off three, four, five games over 500. The schedule is not tough. The AL Central is not tough. They're playing the Reds to open the season. It's not like they have this daunting division to deal with. So I would not be surprised at all if they start off well. They're not going to finish well because they're not good enough to do that. But in a 60-game season, who the heck knows? We've never seen this before. That's 102 games left than a normal baseball year, Dennis. So anything can happen. And like you said, the key is it's back. Hopefully it stays back and it can stay safe. And I have tons of COVID positive. Have to shut things down again. But to get Tiger baseball back, even if it's a team that's a couple years away or maybe even longer than that, that's awesome, and I can't wait for that. Why don't you go ahead and pick them to win 30 games right now? 
I actually have the Tigers at 30 and 30. That is actually my official DCM uh, staff block selection, 30 and 30. Wow. Wow. I think they're going to finish 500. I mean, could they finish a couple under? Sure. But they're not going to finish over. But I think that their ceiling is 30 and 30 because they're going to start off well. They're going to have the young kids up. They're going to have a guy like Casey Mize get in there and pitch really well. And they're not going to have any pressure on them. And Gardner's going to play loosey-goosey and fancy-free. And I think they're going to be a close to 500 team and, and, and be hopefully on the way when a regular season starts again to maybe bringing us back some good Tiger baseball moments for the first time. It seems like six years. I don't know. Wait till you see that rotation of Boyd, Turnbull, Nova, Cisnero, and, and Greg Soto. I don't, I don't know. If <laughs> hey, what's wrong with double-A amazing Gregory Soto? I love that guy. Yeah, you know what? I don't. I, I, I like. Um, I like them if they perform. They just have not performed. So I like no, them. In the, I like them in the bullpen. Sure, and I'm obviously I just love them coming from Aerie and being kind of a. You know, he had some issues too, but he, he pitched well at times. You know, I, I'm obviously on the high end here, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm grateful they're coming back. But I do think, and I know that you and I have talked about this many times in the various shows that we've done. I do believe they're doing this rebuild the right way. I mean, we'll see what happens. There's no way to know. Is it going to be like the Astros, the Royals, or the Cubs? I have no idea. But getting the Riley Green, getting the Casey Bison, you know, getting the Spencer Torkelson, getting, I mean, the system isn't great. It's not like a top three system, but their minor league, you know, ranking has gone from like 27 to kind of a consensus, probably 12 to 14 at worst. That's, that's, that's progress. What obviously, a- you got to go out there and spend money and stuff like that, but I think that they're on their way. What about Torkelson? You mentioned your boy Fennick. I know a story from two weeks ago. It was in the middle of the story, but he was like, there's zero chance that he gets promoted this year. And I thought, wow, zero, zero chance that he gets promoted. Yeah. Like I, I, I get, you know, not having him on the opening day roster. I, I, I get, you know, sitting about, you know, whatever the it, it is to, you know, to keep the service time down, but zero chance that he gets promoted. That sounded like he was talking with somebody or knew, like if he said very little chance or you might only see him for a game or two, a cup of coffee, you know, those, those kind of things, you know, that's kind of, you know, like a hedging your bad and kind of like what I think that most people would agree with. But what stood out to me there is he said zero chance to get promoted. Did he talk about that? Yeah, he did. He talked about that when I, when I had him on my show. And, I, and I'll tell you this, I, he doesn't know he's more, way more than I am. Uh, when it comes to those kind of interconnected type things. And I'll just I'll just throw it out there like this. I mean, he is 21. It's not like he's, you know, 19 years old like Riley Green was. It's not like he, you know, hasn't played some nice moments in college at ASU. But I don't, I'm not going to say zero, but I you, I know you love my percentages, Tiffany. I won't, you know, I won't even give you a new scale. I'm going to say 10%, which is, That's you know, one in, nine, one in nine chance you don't. That we see him at uh, all? Just, 10% that we see him at all? 10% that we see him at all this year. 10%. Because I think that you look at a guy like Torkelson, and there's a good thing with the 60 games for a guy like Mize that's been around Major League Baseball in the system, in the minor league system. And then there's the bad part where you got 60 games and you want to bring a guy up in, in Torkelson who's not going to get much you know, experience in the minors, who's not going to have the ability to be up and down and that kind of stuff. I just don't know if it's worth it. And that's kind of what Anthony explained to me. And it doesn't mean that you don't want to see him. It doesn't mean that it wouldn't make sense to see him. To come out of the DH, maybe not even play in the field, but I just feel like with a guy like that, you want to, you don't want to rush that because next year is what it's all about. In the following two or three, when the Tigers hopefully turn the corner and become a at least division contender again or a wild card contender again, I know the fans would love to see him. I, I was, I've been watching tons of videos of him raking home runs. The guy obviously is a, a possible once in a generation type talent. 
maybe the best prospect since Mike Trout will see. Uh, I know many have said that. But you look at, at a guy like Torkelson, and do you really want to mess with him this year or let him kind of get his feet under him, do the normal route, go to the minors, and then come up when the time is right? Yeah, uh, there's a couple things working against it. You know, I was looking for guys that were first-round draft picks. I mean, Trout, I think it was 25th pick. So, like, you know, right. Torkelson might be the best prospect and uh, best bat in two decades. But when guys are, are in college, do you have to really look back a, a long way to see those guys, you know, getting up right away and playing in the pros? Guys like Dave Winfield. And uh, Bob right. Horner, I mean, those were the guys that I found, you know, going through it a little bit. Uh, so th- there isn't a, a great track record for guys that go to university and then get drafted and then are up. So, But I think the biggest thing that's going to keep them there, and it was something I was watching, um, was it yesterday, was it Friday, I forget, but Trammell was uh, in the dugout and they put a headset on him and he was talking about, you know, working with Torkelson with, uh, you know, some kind of pancake glove and, but he was talking about two of the grounders. Like one of them, it sounded like ate him up. Sound like another one, like a, a play that, like it was a tough play. But one, I think they still expect them to make. And I think that's the one you're putting him over there. If you're thinking about putting him over at the hot corner, that bat might be ready. But putting him over there at the hot corner, that could embarrass him there. And you know, maybe he goes down and. He looks really good, but it doesn't seem like right now. I mean, he, he's never even played third, so I mean that. I think that's the biggest thing, part. Yeah, no, I know. I think it is, and I think you you don't want to rush it. Like I said, the one thing with Mize is great because he's already been around. He could be up there and be ready. But a guy like Torres, you don't want to rush it. He's going to hopefully be around for a long time. Yep, you know that's right. So, what are you doing this week? You just waiting uh, waiting on the Tigers here. Yeah, got the, the Tigers going on. You know, got a little task force action. Uh, maybe come over and see your goats. And uh, a little golf this week. I know that uh, our good friend uh, Kingpin, Dave Dave Watkins, Stan Rieger, uh, has a rare couple days off, so he wants to do a little golfing. I got to get you on the course, too, Dennis. Everyone wants you badly on the course. They know you got a sweet swing. We got to get it done. I get a nice short game from 100 yards in, just hitting a, a wedge. I'm pretty good. All of the other things that you do, that is required, uh, you know, driving, iron, long iron play, putting. Yeah, not so much there, but 100 yards, just chipping, let me go. I, I think, uh, you know, I can do that. So maybe one of these days I can take you up on that. Hey, Dan, uh, thanks for coming on, man. It's great. I like the the baseball ambiance in the background. It, you know, it's nice. Yeah, I'm watching the O's and see right now. They're having a little post-game meeting. They won, so very emotional win for the O's. And- it's always a pleasure to spend time with you, Dennis. Look forward to the next time. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Dan. See ya. All right. You got it, buddy. All right. Bye. There he is. Dan Leach. Yeah, check his show out. He's got a he's got a uh, YouTube show. It's called The Task Force. Talks with guys like Anthony Fennick on uh, there. I've got that YouTube show on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 830, if you didn't know that. That's been a lot of fun. It's different. It's different because you got a camera on you. Right now, no camera on me. I'm wearing this uh, beat-up shirt. Got my feet up. And you can't do that when you're on video. It doesn't look good. Actually, it doesn't sound good when you have your feet up. You're supposed to have that good posture, so you'll be able to really making sure you're enunciating and you're not, you're not away from the microphone. So now I've straightened up and I've got good posture and I'm ready to go. 
Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to this week of chasing down some big names, some big fish in terms of getting on this bo- uh, podcast. Uh, so I'm hoping that is going to happen. And then I'm just looking to that first game there on Friday night. So we have to have some kind of Friday night special, Saturday night special, Sunday night special. I mean, these, especially just right off the bat and just keep it going maybe until the, you know, the Tigers uh, – to lose interest in the Tigers. I mean, not going to lose interest after three games. So maybe there, maybe there's something there. There'll be something about recapping these games uh, afterwards, but yeah, just looking at the the schedule coming up Friday, Tigers play at six. Of course you get baseball the day before with, uh, with two games. I'll watch those Friday and then football players, college football players can start working on Friday 20 hours, uh, countable hours, walkthroughs with coaches. So, you know, they're getting going, trying to. I know. Who knows? That's uh, that's an up-in-the-air situation, but they're they're getting, putting, getting put through the paces, you know, trying. And so, yeah, Friday baseball, Tiger baseball. And then looking ahead, it is uh, the NBA restart. And we're sitting here. Uh, the the twentieth is a Monday, twenty fourth. The Tigers going, and then that Thursday, the thirtieth. That's when the NBA restart. The NHL is right after that. It's thirty first or August the first. I'm not a hundred percent sure whether it's right in there. One of those two days. So we will have in in short order here in two weeks. We will have Major League Baseball going, NBA and NHL. And then after that, we're going to have NBA playoffs. You know, they what they have eight games, and then the NHL. We're going to have NHL playoffs, and we're going to have uh, the PGA coming up on uh, August the 9th, which is three weeks. You know, that's the the final round is on a Sunday. So you know, we're going to get a good taste of it and see what happens here with everything. And then we'll know a lot more, of course, about football as uh, teams are going to be reporting to camp as well. Oh yeah, by the way, NFL teams getting to camp by the end of the month to get uh, and prepare for the upcoming season. Yeah, they got a lot to do. It's tricky. Football's tricky. We know. I get it. Very tricky. I know high school is preparing to get out there, what, August 10th, and maybe go through some some practices. So, let's see. It's an interesting month. Yeah, it'll be an interesting month, interesting time. So, that's going to do it here. Thanks uh, for listening to the podcast. Thanks for Dan Leach for joining me. Good afternoon. Dennis Fithian on Detroit Sports. Take care. I will talk with you this, this week. Bye.